Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Hi, this is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me for Redefining Success. And joining me today is a special, special treat with Eddie Wilson, who is with the Empire Operating System. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But his journey and where he's come from, if you are a business owner, if you are an entrepreneur who is like, how do I take a business and grow it? Then how do I take a business and make it sustainable? And then how do I get it viable? And how do I then do business succession? You want to pay attention to today. You want to listen into what Eddie has to say. In 2019, Eddie exited 76 businesses in one year. And if you've ever even sold one business or talked to anybody who sold one business, that's an incredible feat. You've got to have good systems in place to be able to do that. Not only that, he's sold two more. He's got one that he's looking at selling. He's acquiring a few businesses. So Eddie is a man who understands how to do business systems and how business works. And so all of us can learn a lot today. So Eddie, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Glad to be with you. So, Eddie, you and I know each other, but my listeners don't. I think Mm -hmm. the best way to always handle this is this. Today's a conversation among friends. So let's pretend it's July. We're in the backyard. We're having a barbecue. Introduce yourself to my listeners. Tell them a little bit about you and and where you come from and a little bit of your story. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, You know, I, I guess trying to sum that up after being tied to so many businesses is difficult. Um, you know, but I, I, my social team and I go through this exercise all the time and, and really it comes down to three words that we use all the time, which one is corporate leader. Um, because I, I am an operator, uh, as much as I get, you know, kind of pushed into that investor bucket. I love the operational side of businesses. And usually I'm the operator first and foremost, uh, in the businesses that I purchase. Um, and second, uh, you know, I'm an investor. Um, I invest in every opportunity that comes my way that makes sense. Um, you know, life's about leaving legacy. And, uh, and I do that a lot through my investment strategies. Uh, and then lastly, altruist. Um, you know, I, I have a couple of nonprofits uh, that I point all of that business activity towards to endow into the future uh, based on my faith and the passions that I have. Um, but really, it, it, to me, it began, you know, back in the home of an entrepreneur. Um, my father didn't follow natural progression for his life. Uh, he was an operating engineer and decided that he wanted to go out on his own. And so as a child, I watched my father struggle through entrepreneurship. 
And, um, and there were Christmases where we had abundance and there were Christmases where there were no gifts around the tree, you know, and mm. in the true life of growing up in the home of an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, sometimes he made it and sometimes he didn't. And uh, for me, though, I look back on that journey. I think he looks back on it very differently than I do. He looks back and he thinks those were moments of failure. Um, mm. I look at them and go, those are some of the greatest moments I ever, you know, enjoyed in my life. Um, the, the ability to sit around the tree and have focus on the family and, you know, all those special times that we, we had, you know, uh, as a child, even when there was an abundance, um, I was watching my dad chase his dreams and, and work, you know, hard and, and, and sometimes at a desperate uh, feverish pace to try to reach those dreams that he had. And so I look back and it really removed a lot of the fear out of my life because mm -hmm. I think, I think he thinks the worst that can happen happened. We sat around a Christmas tree with no gifts. Um, I look back and think, what's the worst that can happen? You sit around a tree with no gifts, you know, like it's just, it's not a big deal. You know, like right. uh, that was the best Christmases that we had. And so, you know, it, it was growing up and, and experiencing that through osmosis that really in my life allowed me to take risk. Mm. What others might perceive as risk. I don't perceive as risk. I, I, I run uh, full at the opportunities in front of me. If there's an open door, I'm running through it. Um, and, uh, and now I've built the systems and processes that allow me to maybe do it at a different pace than many others can do it. So that's my story. That's where I'm at. I think I'm still building the, you know, I'm still building the story, you know, I'm 42 yeah. years old. So um, I'm just partway through the journey. You're 42. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, I mean, so where, Tell a little bit about how do you end up with even 76 businesses to sell? I think that would probably be the one. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I sold 76 businesses this one year. How do you even end up with 76 businesses to sell? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I did it intentionally. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was not with complete intention that I did that. Um, I started off uh, not realizing that I could build a business and it have more value than than the net profit that it pushed to me. I, I, I just, that never, you know, crossed my mind. I watched my father build businesses. Um, I started building, you know, I, I went a different route. I went into broadcasting and was managing some TV and radio stations and uh, was producing a television show that then uh, Fox was interested in purchasing. Well, you know, that was way more value than what we were receiving from the show itself in production. Mm. Uh, value or sponsorship. And so I, sure. So we sold this show to Fox. Um, then the next business I built was an advertising agency. And um, again, that entrepreneurial spirit that was just stoked inside of me. So I built an advertising agency um, and then a bigger advertising agency. One day approached me as I was kind of pulling a lot of their, as we were growing, I was pulling their talent away. And they were like, Hey, we don't like this relationship where you basically steal all of our good people. Uh, they were like, what if we buy your contracts and your company? Um, and so they offered me something way more valuable than the profit, you know, that was coming into me through the agency. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm on to something here. Yeah. Um, so then I started looking at businesses and all that through that time, I was a student of operations and making sure that I understood how to make my businesses efficient, run at the highest levels of profit. Um, you know, I'd, I'd really, you know, learned quite a bit about business and business growth. 
And uh, so then I started investing in companies and looking for those opportunities for exit. Um, and so I in invested in an insurance company, invested in a group of uh, about 30 companies out of Kansas City. And that insurance company and a few of the other companies there just grew exponentially and, and put my heart and soul into those, which kicked off the capital that then allowed me to continue to acquire. And so we had 86 companies up until 2019. And that was a five-year window. We went from 2014 to 2019. So I invested in those 30 in 2014. Mm. By 2019, we had 86. And at least a dozen of them had scaled 10 times what I had purchased them at. Uh, one of them, uh, almost uh, 1,000 times what I purchased it at. Uh, and the insurance company you know, went into the, to the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And so um, so it was just one of those crazy things. And it was kicking off enough cash that I began to replicate what I did, which led to what I have now, which is empire. I had to have a universal hmm. communication source, a way that we spoke. How do you know what, what KPIs to measure? Right. And so being a student of business operations um, and putting all those systems in play, I scaled, I scaled those businesses and, and then ended up with 86. It wasn't, it wasn't a magic number and it wasn't intentional. It just kind of happened. Wow. Wow. So what, give, just a real quick background. Tell us a little bit about your family, just so that, I mean, cause you're, okay. you're not running this alone. You've got, you've got an incredible wife and kids and to so tell a little bit about them real quick. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got one of the greatest wife, uh, wife, you know, I have one of the greatest wives that, you know, I, I could potentially have. Uh, she's been amazing. She's allowed this journey to be uh, possible. Um, you know, uh, she's very much the C, the CEO of our home. You know, she, she yeah. takes care of, of home life and I take care of everything else. Um, and, uh, and that comes with three boys. So I have a, a son in college. I have a, a son uh, that's in high school and then I have a, a younger son that's still in elementary school. And, uh, and they're the quintessential boys, you know, uh, always into everything, running a hundred miles an hour sports, you know, activities and, she does a fantastic job at clearing the way to allow me to, to do what is in my core genius, but then also keeps me grounded in what they need from me, you know? And so she allows me to, to travel the world. I mean, I've had companies in China and, and uh, Spain and others, and she allows me to travel the world and just pursue at a high level while always pulling me back into what's necessary and, mm. and needed, you know? And so, um, She's just fantastic at that. And she manages uh, our, our home so well and what the needs of the home are. And she pulls me back in when needed. And she lets me know when I'm running things a little too thin and when <laughs> I need to spend more time with the boys or with her. I mean, she's just, she's been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you found this way to do business operating system. Have you found some of that creeping over a little bit into kind of some of the personal side? Because again, for anyone who's trying to do this, I mean, running the personal side of your life while also running a successful business side, a lot of people find to be difficult. Yeah, you know, um, it, it is a it is very difficult, and I think the family side is way more difficult than the business side. The business side is a pragmatic approach to you can make decisions, you can hire, you can fire, you can shut things down, you can invest. Um, you know, your family's your family. You don't get to fire them. You know, you get, you don't get to, uh, you don't, you don't, they don't get to fire you, you know? And so, um, it's a lifelong journey. And so I think it's way more difficult. Um, but also there's areas of commitment there 
that you don't get inside of the workplace. And so, you know, she's committed to me, I'm committed to her. So there's never this like thought and question like, okay, should I go get a, you know, should I go get a new CEO? You know, should I go, should I go, you know, yeah. trade out? It, it, it's a commitment. And so for us that, that makes and changes the dynamic too. Um, but, you know, Misty is, is, is unbelievable at, uh, at, at making sure that I'm focused on what matters. And, mm. you know, the thing is, is when I came up with my empire operating system, there's a, a common theme that we use throughout the empire operating system. And, you know, it's, it's different than all the other operating systems. And it has some nomenclature that maybe somebody would see a cross reference to uh, one thing we call the brick, we measure the brick. And it's not to be confused with, you know, other others may call theirs rocks or whatever. Our, our brick is really the central KPI. We say we build empires one brick at a time. Mm. And it's the central, um, it's the central focus and theme of your business. It's the one KPI that you have to have complete focus on. That's the brick. When my family, we have a brick and we measure mm. that. And, and that brick that we measure, that, K, that, that central KPI that we measure that keeps us all focused is how much do we give to make an impact on others? So that could be time, that could be quantified in dollars. Uh, for mm. our family, a lot of that's, that's monetary. It's dollars that we give. So instead of taking two trips to Europe, you know, we may take one trip you know, that we enjoy as a family, but then a lot of our resources are given to impact and impacting others around the world. Mm. And so you know, for us, there is a theme and, and there's such a tie. And then you know, KPIs in your home you know, for your kids, you know, what are, what, what makes them successful? Do they know what makes them successful? You know, we always say in the business operating system that until your employees know how to be a success, they may never be a success, right? Like mm -hmm. if you can't set the standard, why would they try to go achieve it? And so many businesses are missing that. But the thing is, I think we do the same thing with our children. It's like, you know, how do they know what success looks like? You know, are, are they mm -hmm. having that defined by them by looking at their Instagram page or their TikTok you know, feed or, or, or has it been determined as a family? Like, this is what success looks like. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is how you achieve this. And, you know, so there's so many amazing crossovers um, because it's a practical system. It's, it's a greasy wrench. That's what empire is. Yeah. And it can be used in any facet of life. I love that. I love that. I, and you, you're so clear especially when you, I mean, today you're clear, but when you and I have had other conversations, you're so clear like about how to make business work and also about the things that are important to your family. I can't imagine that this has been just a smooth, easy trail up. I'd love for you to tell us like what have been, you know, one or two of just the biggest obstacles, biggest kind of roadblocks that you've run into in trying to figure this out. Yeah. I would say the first one for sure is, um, is, is understanding and, and time management. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my, one of my, my dad's, you know, kind of rules, and he was such an impactful person in my life. Um, one thing he always said is he said, if, if time is our most valuable asset, then why don't we spend more time managing our time than managing our money? More mm -hmm. time equates to more money, yeah. or more, more concentrated time equates to more money. Money follows. And um, so I would hear that my whole life. You know, my, my father oftentimes would say, you know, I would say, dad, I want to go buy this car at 16 years old. 
And he would say, well, what's that car cost? And I would say, well, that car cost, I forget what it was way back then, but you know, $1,500, $2,000. Right. And he would say, no, that car doesn't cost $2,000. How much do you make an hour? Well, I make five mm. bucks an hour. Well, that car actually cost you two years of your life. You have to think of, uh, of monetary expenses oh, wow. in, in regards to time. Um, and so for me, that as much as you understand that, practicing is, is very different. And so time management and putting uh, your time into areas that are, are important versus just expedient is so vital to the ability to maximize what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, I have so many business owners uh, as I speak around the country that say, I, I have one or two. I don't know how you could manage 100 or 80, you know? And the answer is control your time and you control everything. Um, mm. You know, for, for me, one thing that my CF, CFO and I go through every single year is, um, is, is we go through a time quotient where I can tell you what every, I can tell you every minute, every day, every hour that I work throughout the year and what that equated to in value of dollars and time. So mm. I know when someone says, Hey, Eddie, you want to jump on my podcast? I know <laughs> what this podcast value in my life is, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so I make that determination to say, well, is that value that I'm getting in return? Am, am I, am I helping enough people? Am I, am I connecting with the people I want to connect with like you, you know, as a yeah. friend, you know, all of that has intrinsic value, but I'm always equating it to dollars and, and, you know, minutes. And so for me, I, I know, you know, I, an empire, um, I, I built a system and then I quickly had to get out of consulting, you know, because my time has such a massive, you know, quantifiable number tied to it that nobody could pay me what my time was worth to sit in their business. Now, you know, I'll, oftentimes I'm doing the certification of coaches. So I'll pour my life into 10 or 15 or 20 guys at a time because now it's an exponential. I can, I can justify that. But I got to tell you, that was to me the journey that, that, I, that I struggled with the most and I still try to, you know, keep control of. Um, that was a huge, huge problem because- Let, let me ask you one question around that. So let's, yeah. let's say somebody's listening and they're like, that's me, that right there. That's, that's, if I figured that out, that would, be, that would be the thing that would change things for me. So for somebody who's never done this before, what, what's the best place to start? How would you have yeah. somebody like start thinking about that? Yeah, so I go through this activity with a lot of people because that's usually the greatest problem of every business owner, right? Yeah. If they're not saying this is my problem, <laughs> they need to go back and listen to what I say because it is all of our problem. It's my <laughs> problem. You know, like I ran 80 companies and it's still my problem. Um, and so I would start by understanding what you give your time to. Mm. Um, I know this is to every visionary out there, the moment I say this, they're going to like, be like, nope, I'm turning you off. I'm not interested. <laughs> Take a week, download. There's a, 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 you know, an app called toggle. Mm. Uh, there's lots of other apps out there and literally toggle what you do. Toggle is just, it turns it on and off and you can categorize what you do. Take a week and do that and look at what you give your time to mm. and see what you're putting your time into, you know, um, most of us are doing multiple things at once, but there were completely focused on what I, 
I don't multitask well at all. My wife says that to me all the time. You know, like, I know you're trying to talk to me and text on your phone. You're horrible at multitasking. <laughs> choose texting or choose talking. Let, you know, like that, that they just make a choice. Yeah. Um, and for me, what that does is it forces me to just look at it and go, okay, I'm working out right now, right? I'm, I'm doing physical activity, but I'm also texting and calling people and listening to a podcast. What's my focus? Well, my focus is physical activity right now. Um, I'm meditating. I'm praying. Okay. So I'm timing on, you know, pray prayer. Right. But I'm also like writing down notes and, and trying to make sure that my assistant is sending closing papers and, you know, like, it's like, okay, timeout. What are you focused on? There's something, there's an activity we all need to go through at least periodically to Mm. sense what we're giving our time to, because most of the time we're just giving our times to things that that don't matter. Mm. Another great book is called time trap, uh, which teaches the, the art of time blocking. Once you understand what you are putting your time towards, then you can actually begin to start building out your schedule and put blocks of time that are specific to tasks. Um, And then putting walls around those tasks. I'm going to put this much time into this activity. You know, I time blocked this podcast, however many months ago that you and I scheduled this podcast. And and I literally turned everything off the moment I jumped on because if I literally have texting and you know I, I turn the I turn the notifications off, you know because I have to I have to focus right. Yeah. Well, I don't know why my wife would deserve anything different than that, you know, or my yeah. kids would deserve anything other than that. But then start going down, or my CEOs that all work for me and run these businesses, they need anything different than that, you know that. And it, it's just like and and so much of our time just needs to be controlled. So number one, understand where you're giving your time. Number two, start choosing a path to control it, mm. and then and then decide that this is a lifelong pursuit. I'm not going to solve it tomorrow. I'm going to solve it a little bit at a time every single week. Yeah. Um, every type A that just heard me on that just goes, oh, yeah, I'm in. And 11 days later, they've completely <laughs> failed and gone back to what they used to do. Absolutely. You know, what, I, what, we, what we all need is gradual, uh, acceptable change. Mm. Choose that gradual, acceptable change and start making decisions and actions towards that change you don't have to go fix all your time problems, but fix one, one piece of it, right? That's the key right there, right? Because as type A's, we're the guys who are all in and we're going to completely change everything. And like you said, 11 days later, we failed. It's one, what's one change you can make right now right. on time management. That's so key. Absolutely. That's so key. You said there were two obstacles, so time. And then what has been the other big obstacle along the way? Yeah, the, the second obstacle I would say is resource management. So to me, if I can understand how to manage my time and manage the other resources I have, which are typically capital, um, you know, constraint, then if I can understand time and money. So I I wrote a book a few years ago called Time, Wealth and Purpose. It was tied to these obstacles in my life. Mm -hmm. All I really wanted to do is live a life of purpose, meaning like I wanted to matter. It's, It's what everybody wants, right? We want to matter to someone or to something. We want to look back on our life and go, we matter. We did something that was meaningful. Yeah. But if you don't control time and you don't control money, you know, or, or financial resources, then you can't get to purpose. Like so many people are like, I just want to live a life of purpose. I'm just going to give all this time to it. Well, if you don't have resources, oftentimes mm-hmm. you feel like you're just spinning your wheels in, in giving all that time. Yeah. Or if you just give a bunch of money, then it's meaningless too, because then your time isn't invested. Yeah. Um, 
And we know where our treasure is there will our heart be also, but also that kind of thought and that ideas is that when our heart is somewhere, then our time or our feet are somewhere, you know? And so it's like, I put my financial resources in it, but then I want to commit my time as well. So time was a huge obstacle, getting my time under control, doing things that were, were important versus just the things that were yelling at me. Second of all, we all dream well beyond what our bank account can sustain, right? Yeah. Like all of us do. You know, I, I had a meeting yesterday uh, with a business uh, relationship I have. And I said, what do you, where do you want to go with this business? Like, is this a hundred million dollar business? Is this a billion dollar business? Where do we want to go? Like, let's put the end in mind. And he said, well, my life is tied to this purpose that I'm trying to achieve. And so therefore I have to create this, this business. Mm -hmm. It needs to generate somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred to $200 million a year so that I can ultimately do. And I, I said, okay, perfect. I, I get that mentality. But can now we put enough time and effort into this thing that's going to generate what you ultimately need and want? And that's what happens is like we all go through that exercise where it's like, but what I really want is this boat or this airplane or this whatever it is that people want. Yeah. What do I have to do to achieve it? I want freedom. I want financial freedom. I want, you know, passive income. I want whatever it is. And then we work backwards. The thing is, is then we never go back and we say, okay, but in order to get that financial resource, I'm willing to put the time in and then map that time out that it's going to take to actually get the financial resource. Mm -hmm. So to me, time is always the first step. Then controlling your time gives you the financial resource that then allows you to point towards purpose. Those are the two greatest obstacles in my life. I didn't have control of my time. My dreams were way bigger than my financial opportunities. And so then essentially, once I got my time under control, the finances and the resources came. And now I spend 80, 90% of my time living this purpose that I'm intended mm -hmm. for. Yeah. So even somebody who's like, Hey, I don't have enough resources. What I just heard you say is it really comes back to item number one, learn to control your time. Because when it you does. can control your time, then you really can see the potential and have more control over your resources. Yeah. There's, there's so much to that. We could dive in for literally hours, but <laughs> you know, time, actual management of time, which is your most valuable resource always exchanges additional resources. Time always gives resource to the average worker time, you know, their hour gives them $20 or $25, whatever the average, you know, wages in America to, you know, you take like the four quadrants, like Robert Kiyosaki style. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. and what he's trying to say is like, maximize your time and get to the place where you actually sit into this last quadrant where you don't have to, where you basically have exponentially increased the amount of time mm. or, or money tied resources tied to your time. The thing is, but then we never are taught how to manage our time. We're just told to like chase this circle, oh, that's you know, and get to the place. Well, the thing is like, you don't manage your time. You never have the chance to change your place wow. in that quadrant. I, I love his quadrant, but it starts with time. That's so good. Wow. Wow. And here's, you know, this is the redefining success podcast. It sounds like you learned a lot from your dad. How, how did you define when you're just kind of getting out and you're getting on your own and starting these businesses? How did you define success then versus kind of how you have come to define success today? How were those different? Yeah. So success meant things in my early life. First business I sold, you know, you go out and you buy the Ferrari in the beach house 
and you go, okay, am I, I'm successful. And then you drive that Ferrari to the first, you know, time that it gets an oil change, you go, wait a minute, am I actually successful enough to afford this thing? You know, <laughs> or the beach house, the, you are still working so hard that you never spend time in. And you're like, I'm just dumping money out the window because I was trying to define success by a car and a house. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that was the mistake I fell into when I was young. I, I jumped into cash and then I tried to buy what I felt was success. Success to me is this. Um, I believe that we are in all, all of us are innately created for some purpose. Mm. And I believe until you begin to walk down that place of fulfillment in that purpose, you're never going to feel successful. Mm. I, I think, though, in order to get to that place of fulfillment and purpose, I feel like you have to define success differently. So for me, success looked like this. I want to, and I, I had to redefine everything. I had to redefine time. I had to redefine wealth. You know, wealth to me, I had to redefine first mm. because I thought wealth meant I've got a million dollars in the bank liquid. I've got, you know, a beach house. I've got the Ferrari. We've got, you know, life and the kids are taken care of and the bills are paid and I have no financial stress. Like to me, that was like, yeah, okay, wealth. Wealth today defined by me, by my family, it, you know, in our family is we have enough today to meet every need we have without diminishing what we have tomorrow. So I want to live a life that is growing. It's exponentially increasing my wealth without pulling from it tomorrow, right? So um, what uh, do I need a jet? Well, maybe I fly around the country all the time. If I buy a jet, however, I've diminished what I actually have for tomorrow and so now I don't have the same sustainability for today. Yeah. So for today, I'll, I'll fly, you know, I'll fly commercial, right? <laughs> like, or I'll get a jet lease, you know? So like, it's like, for me, every decision is defined by that now so that I'm making sure that I create the right wealth. How do I live into the, in the constraint today? Well, I don't want to take away from something or diminish what I have tomorrow. Hmm. So it's this idea of perpetuation. Once I create that environment, and I can live successfully in today with all of my needs met and not take away or borrow from tomorrow, right? Um, yeah. Leverage, borrow from tomorrow. Um, then, then I can now focus my time and efforts and energy on whatever I was created for. Mm. You know, sometimes people do all of this in their job and in their businesses. I don't, I don't like in my mind, in my life, it didn't work that way. I'd actually go out and create and hustle and grind and push and build. And, you know, one of the companies I built is a big insurance company. Do I like insurance? No, I actually, I hate insurance. You know, like I actually own an insurance company and never was licensed in insurance. That's how much I disliked it. Right. But I was, but I was willing to dive in and figure it out. And it created a lot of the wealth that I have today. And so I, I push now some people are, are blessed and they get to live inside of that purpose in their job. And I think that your team and you probably yeah. feel that way because of what you guys do. Everything's like kingdom connected. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately that's not the case for everybody. I, I wish it was for me, you know, and I'm happy for those that it comes together, but it's like, but in the end that doesn't discount me from the fact that I was created for a purpose and I need to live that purpose or else I'm never going to feel the success of being a human that was created for something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, 
I want to make sure we honor the time. If you had something that's really, really like a quick nugget you could share, because you've talked about time, but the other thing you've come back to is purpose. What about the person who's stuck trying to figure out what their purpose is? Um, What is what maybe some shortcuts or just even some places they could start? Yeah, Um, I uh, I live up in the North Georgia mountains, um, uh, north of Atlanta. And uh, Dahlonega is this little town and it was known for the gold rush. It was the first gold rush before San Francisco and the 49ers and all that stuff. And there's still dredges up here in the river. Well, one day I was sitting here talking to this miner and he is panning for gold. Oh, I mean, the quintessential mining look, right? Long white beard, funny hat, (laughs) standing there in the river with a pan, right? And so I stand down there and I watch him for a little bit. My son and I were together and I watch him. And then I keep inching forward because I just want to see, is he pulling gold out? You know, like, what's yeah. he doing? And so I'm watching and watching. So I inch towards him. And finally, he looks back at me. And I said, um, I said, uh, so I said, um, have you ever found gold? And he said, yeah. He said, I find gold all the time. And I said, yeah. okay. I was like, how long did it take you? Because obviously, you've been here for a very long time. Yeah. How long did it take you, take you to find gold? And he said, well, he said, it took me, he said, it probably took me close to six years worth of work before I ever, you know, began to repay my efforts. And I said, well, how many people came and went in that six years? He was like, everybody. He was mm. like, everybody came and went. And he said, um, I said, so the people that started with you panning for gold, you're the last one here. He's like, I'm the only one here. He said, where are all the other people? Wow. Um, to me, it, it, it clicked in my head at that moment that purpose is like finding gold in this river. Like in the end, the people that are on the quest to find it, that stay under this idea and pressure that they were created for something, mm. eventually will get there. Yeah. yeah. The people that struggle with finding purpose are either ones that have given up on finding it. And they're looking at people like me going, well, yeah, it's easy for you to say you've got nonprofits and you've got all this stuff. It's like, yeah. And I, I struggled, went through massive depression, wondered what life was worth thought. I mean, Mm. I literally had suicidal thoughts in my twenties, you know, like I just stayed at it long enough that the purpose was illuminated when it was the right time. Mm. Um, This miner taught me so much. And that is, is that oftentimes it's not that the purpose doesn't exist. I believe we're all created for purpose. It's that we haven't fulfilled whatever it's is needed in order for our our purpose to be illuminated. So if we stay in this idea and this thought that I'm created for something and when it becomes available to me, I'm committed to completing it. I'm committed Mm -hmm. to doing it and controlling what I can control my time and my wealth, right? Making sure that I'm prepared for living that then I believe it all comes in succession. Um, I think a lot of people that struggle with what is my purpose? Well, just do what's in front of you today, mm. right? Like just yeah. do that, right? And, and the purpose will come, it'll illuminate. Mine did, it took me 20 years to find it. Um, but once it, I did and it all came together, it was like, okay, I know this is what I was created for, you know? Yeah. Um, and so anyways, and I, I know that you feel the same way. We've had so oh, many conversations about that. I do. I think the one thing that I've heard you say today, though, especially for the type A personalities, that is, you know, to really find that purpose too, you have to create space and time to even to be able to seek it and find it. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about that, you know, taking that day. That's one of the things I think is incredibly powerful is can you make enough space to even get quiet with yourself? Because if you're running from thing to thing to thing, distracted, 
you may not, you may not have the time, but yeah. you may never find your purpose because you're distracted the whole time. So, yeah. Uh, worry, uh, worry and hurry yeah. are, are the greatest, uh, greatest oppressors of our soul. And mm. we create most of the worry and hurry in our life. Um, you know, I remember, um, I was flying back and forth to China, you know, uh, at a out of those 86 companies, one of them was an investment firm in China. And on weekends, I would fly to China. Uh, and I'd fly there on Friday, and I'd fly back Sunday night or Monday, like I literally like just do yeah. double time and uh, grinding like all of us do. And um, I remember on those flights, I, I would get off and I would literally like go, wow, I actually feel recharged, refreshed. This is amazing. Like, and, and I, and everybody thought you're crazy flying 15, 18 hours, you know, you know, twice in a three day time period, four day time period. And what I found was, is I needed that time because mm. it was downtime that I couldn't do anything else except yeah. for think and process and, and read. And like, I felt I was working 80 hours a week, plus making, you know, multiple trips to China every month. Um, and I found more clarity in that. Oftentimes we think it's a vacation we need, or it's oftentimes just, just, just separation. You know, I don't do well on vacation. You give me two weeks on vacation. I'm going to go out of my mind and I, I'm going to come back, not refreshed. I'm, my world's moving a million miles an hour. I feel like what happens is, is I have to just like jump in and hope for the best when I get back, you know, because it's just right. a disaster. So it's much greater for me to actually like pull that time down pause for a period of time and, and just pull myself out of it. And you're absolutely hundred percent right. Like we all need that time. You know, I don't like being by myself. I, I actually don't prefer it. I actually like being in, with people, you know, <laughs> but being by myself with everything removed from me so that my thoughts can yeah. illuminate these ideas and opportunities and purpose, you know, uh, purpose-driven kind of ideals in my life is vital. Absolutely. Eddie, I know that you've got a little bit of a time limitation here. I want to I want to respect and honor that. If somebody's been listening today and they want to get in touch with you or just follow the things that you're doing, want more information even on Empire, what's the best yeah. way for them to kind of track and follow the things that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And quick plug for Empire. If somebody wants to maximize what they're doing in business, it's an operating yeah. system that'll help them align it. If you want, if you want, first of all, you got to know where you're putting your time, but then you got to be able to control it. Empire helps control the time and put the focus on what's most important in your business um, by taking you from phase to phase. Go to Empire OM for operating model, empireom.com, and look at that. Watch the videos, process it, think about if this can help your business. And second of all, um, go to social, uh, Eddie Wilson official uh, at you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, TikTok, whatever. It's all there um, and would love to connect with with uh, with your viewer for sure. And I'm going to just make another plug for Empire. I mean, our, we're running our businesses off of Empire. Um, I'm opening up new businesses. I've got about three businesses in the work. And when you look at my targets for this year, it's to make sure that the Empire operating system goes into each and every one of these. I have looked at a lot of different operating systems and not seen anything like this that is efficient as helping you think through all the different phases of business and your brick. And ah, it's just phenomenal. So, Eddie, thank you so much for being with me today. Um, it was just a great honor. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate it. Appreciate everything you do at Paradium and, and the fantastic team you have there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 
Everyone, thank you so much for being here. We'll be with you again next week. God bless you. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360 Dot com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.